Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Jason Miles, co-host of This Is Revolution podcast, is who we'll be hearing from this week. Jason, heretofore known as Mr. Rollercoaster, took me on a wild ride (laughs) during his interview. An early childhood in the Bay that mixed old school church life with the streets. Then a young adulthood of being utterly broke and starting a family before hitting it big in real estate before the crash. Then he lost it all. (laughs) There's like a zillion more things that happen in part two, including an argument between us about race and class. (sighs) Just just buckle up and listen. call me the hardest working woman and leftist podcasting. Why? Well, I crossed the border to, <laughs> to be able <clears throat> to interview uh, one Jason Miles. And you know, you've seen, you've seen him around on the Twitters, on his own show. This is, uh, this is Revolution Show. Uh, he's, he's the bald-headed black man whose hat game to cover this polished cerebellum, hat game is elite unlike his politics, because he's one of us. Uh, so. Oh my God. Say yes. What's up, Jason? Yes. I am, uh, I'm wearing a hat. It's, it's, it's a little. You have names for your hats. Be honest. I what don't. do you call this, this one? This is green. This, no, okay. This don't, is green please, one. This is green please. one, and there's camouflage two. You, it's got, also the, you green. got the Spinelli. You got a red joint. I seen you in red before. I had. I can't find it. This one. I. I do think you have a name for this. I don't. You do. And I don't. I, I think we're gonna call this one Fred. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> he almost spit hot coffee on this very yeah, expensive. No, we can call. Equipment. Look, we can call it whatever you'd like to okay. call it. I don't. Jason and Fred. The only thing I've mm-hmm. named, and I forgot to tell you about this. Oh, God. Here we go. And uh-huh. the best way to do this is live. Okay. Is, so on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, when you almost blew yourself up. No, that was like a couple months before. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday totally lived. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to- no accidents. Great. But there was a snake on the deck. Ex- like the deck we're sitting on right oh, now? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. This bitch is getting cut. <laughs> If I see any reptiles. What do you mean there's a snake? No, listen. No, he's chill. His name is Charlie. I've named it. No. It's a garter snake. I don't give a good goddamn. Where does Charlie get the Slytherin at? I don't know. I think he's like finding rats and shit. No, I'm saying where does he He was right by the door and then. Right here? Yeah, my neighbor got all scared and I was like, dude, I think it's fine. This is. The snake is fine. His name is Charlie. How big is the snake? Uh, maybe like 18 inches. You're crazy. Okay. So this is going to be a short, this potentially is going to be a short interview. If this but shit he just eats, gets cut off, you guys will You know, know why. the Charlie came out. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie's not, he's not trying to fuck with you. Gra- I mean, great. The feeling's fucking mutual. Great. Yeah. Super. I have to accept the natural predators in my new environment no. here. Like nope. the rattlers. Nope. Give the me, scorpions. What do you mean rattlers? 
Rattler Snakes? Yeah. Okay, we might we might be finishing up this interview <laughs> in my rental car. Get <laughs> out of here. Anyway, um, before, you know, any exotic wildlife <laughs> shows up, <laughs> I... <laughs> I can. I really can't believe the the just the the avalanche of disclosures that have happened oh, in yeah. the two seconds that I've been here. We're gonna, we're just gonna get we're gonna get right into it because uh, this <laughs> needs to have some sort of narrative arc. God damn! You are before you were an illustrious podcaster, music man, man of many talents, or just you know like three. But you, <laughs> those are three good ones. <laughs> Those are three good ones. That's a decent. That's a decent. That's a good three good ones. That's right, because I've got like one talent. See, yeah, you got me beat. See, can Wesley Snipes say he can do all those things? Nope. Wow, I don't know why Wesley had to enter the conversation. He was minding his very black business this February. We were bitching about Jungle Fever the other day. Who is we? Me and Teray. Okay. Teray Reed. We were bitching about Jungle Fever. Uh huh. And uh. And I was talking about how I was a fan of Wesley Snipes uh-huh. after Jungle Fever. Uh huh. This is directly contradicts to what you said right before we started recording. <laughs> BT Dubs, but okay, go ahead. Uh huh. But he can't. He can't host a show. Uh huh. And record okay. numerous metal records. Okay. And what else do I do? I you and please. father a bunch of children. <laughs> Okay. Well, you can't do all those well, things Wesley, simultaneously. Jason Miles is coming for your Challenge. neck. I don't know. I don't know what you did to deserve it. Take but that, passenger fifty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> you get on. Oh, you get on my nerves. Um, who's? Well, let's go back to the beginning of life when you know when your nerves were forming. You <laughs> grew. <laughs> you grew. You grew up in Richmond. I grew, was born in Oakland. I grew up in Richmond, California. Ah, okay. What uh, What was that like? That's uh, a loaded question. I know. No, that's a no. Question, I grew up. Uh, I'm 44. Mm-hmm. I'll be 45 this year. So I grew up when you know uh, California was wild. When you say wild, you mean? Oh man, um, not no bullshit. My stepmom, mm-hmm. God rest her soul used to make popcorn mm-hmm. um, and we would watch the crack house raids across the street. No. And it was like Benny Hill, like the cops would come Stop. in and they would run out the back. <laughs> wow. Okay. This leaves me direct. Okay. What was, so, uh, this, so you know, there's, kind a of lot of, there's a lot of shootings. Um, I'm saying like, what, what, shot at. we're going to get to, you're yeah. getting shot at. Describe a composition of your neighborhood. Like describe your neighborhood. Was it just that? Was it the one rogue crack house across the street, or were, no. so, was it just like kind of rundown, dilapidated? So struggle? it was like different levels. So when I stayed with, I mean, I'm a kid of divorce. Yeah, yeah. So when I stayed with my mom, it was more because of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. It was more like Hell's Angels and shit that I was around. She's and a it, biker. No. She's just a badass lady. Sure. No. Why did you no, say that sure, with that no. face? She's a badass lady. She's a wonderful woman. No, you're making a face. I need you to tell me what that face she is did, supposed to she communicate. She did drugs. Okay. That but brought around a certain element. Uh, I see. Okay. All right. Um, and then when I stayed with my dad, mm-hmm. um, he lived in a legitimate bad neighborhood. Ooh. Okay. So that wasn't Your mom didn't thing. live in a bad neighborhood, though. Just it had, was okay. Okay. On the edge. Yeah. Okay. Richmond right. in, at that time is like everything is like, eh. Okay. Okay. Right. right. I thought it was a good neighborhood, mm-hmm. 
But then the white kids at the schools I went to would be like, oh, this is a bad neighborhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and... Staying with my, my father, it was like, oh, no, this is no joke. Like, every house is dilapidated. Uh, there right. was numerous crack houses. There was always gunshots at night. Uh. Um, it was it was every cliched 90s movie sure. in a nutshell mm-hmm. was, was that. Like, it was giving Boys in the Hood-ish. Yeah. Cause, well, much like Boys in the Hood in those areas, mm-hmm. there was kind of a mix of classes of people. You, mm-hmm. you definitely had, you know cracked out cats yep. that lived in crack houses and you also had people like my dad that were aspiring middle class working class people mm-hmm. that were you know maybe he felt stuck and this was mm-hmm. like what he could do but mm-hmm. um he definitely always tried to make his house a safe zone for sure. all the kids in the neighborhood ah okay so, you know, you couldn't really go trick or treating in that neighborhood so my dad would throw like Halloween parties ah okay right okay. Um, that's, that's what made that environment like fun mm-hmm. was because you, we were the, you lived in, the, when you were at your dad's, you had yeah. the kick it house, like everybody, all the kids knew to like, they'd come over yeah. there to play and just hang out and just, so, yeah. so you, you were the, the convening. And it was also the house spot. where like the kids would stay. So if there was other relatives that had problems with drugs uh-huh. or, or whatever, and their kids needed somewhere to go, mm-hmm. so the state didn't take them. Ah, like, uh, your dad took them there. in. Yeah, so there was always, like, a bunch of kids. My cousin, who's, like, a, almost a year younger than me to the day, we're mm-hmm. two days apart. Mm-hmm. We grew up almost like brothers uh. in that in that environment. So, um, through my family, I, they taught me a lot about community. My grandfather on my mother's side, my mother's father, mm-hmm. um, was a bishop of several churches throughout Northern California. He's AME? Church of God. Ah, uh, oh, Kojic, yeah. You did you grow up Kojic? Yeah. You was a holiness ki- child. Yeah. With a tambourine the whole night. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> pictures of me singing in the choir. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, like there would be days where he would take me out of school, like second grade, to go to like a convention or conclave. Or I whatever definitely y'all went call to it. conventions. Uh-huh. I definitely went to all the conventions as a, as a young kid until uh-huh. he passed away. But mm-hmm. um, no, just to go hang out with like old people at the hospital. Ah, uh, okay. And, and people in the community. As he was pastoring, like you would yes. go along with him in his pastoring yes. duties. Okay. He was really big about um, a communal, a community presence. Yeah. Um, as Your people, t- where did they come from? Louisiana or Texas? My father's from Louisiana. My mother's father is from Texas. Gotcha. Okay. West Texas. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I, I grew up with those roots. Like when my grandfather was starting his church mm-hmm. and, and women would say, um, well, I I want to take my child to church, but I can't I can't afford to comb her hair. She doesn't have clothes, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. My wife will comb her hair. Uh, we'll find clothes for it, uh-huh. and my wife will pick them up." Mm. So even as I got as I came around, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no know, years, decades later, my grandma still had a route <laughs> where <laughs> we're like. The 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 young girls that became mothers, and then she was picking up their kids and taking them to church, ah, and okay. combing their hair. I see. Just a, a, an intense communal ethic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I did you understand where that came from growing up, or you just or it no, was just, it just was. Okay. It's okay. just this is what you're supposed to do. Ah. Uh huh. Um, now, as my grandma got sick, she died uh, over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have more conversations with her about him mm-hmm. uh, and trying to kind of get to know 
why they did the things they did, uh-huh. how everything came to be, mm-hmm. and she enlightened me a little bit. And my dad, as he got a little more settled, stopped being so communal. I don't think he felt the need to have uh, to be, as, uh-huh. as we all grew up. Sure. I have half-siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a part of me. It definitely comes out in, in the show. We talk about it a lot, especially when it comes down to organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I saw it firsthand mm-hmm. um, with with just what my grandfather was able to do in a church. Ah, I um, see. Hmm. The importance of, of community and organizing. Ah, so did you, um, did you, how would you now as an adult, how would you describe uh, if they had it, which I presume on some level they did, mm-hmm. how would you describe kind of the, the ideology or the politic of the communities that you grew up with, it sounds like there were kind of sort of two different ones. It was like your father and, and, the, and the community and, and neighborhood that he was a part of uh, and made his home a mm-hmm. safe place for, as well as uh, your mother, who it sounds like she had a pretty close relationship <laughs> with her, no, her dad. No, not really. No? <laughs> no, well, she was a bit wayward. So I stayed, with, I lived with my grandparents. I was one of those kids. You lived full time with your grandparents. I was full time for a while with them. Yeah. With with your with your Kojic grandfather. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 But you would but you you would still spend time with your dad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Well, then what was your? They were actually really close with my dad. Okay. All right. So what was your understanding of like the politic of your kind like of my, blended like communities? My, my grandmother's best friend is my aunt's husband's mom that's way too many things for me to follow say that again very slowly the families were very intertwined because of the church so my dad's family and even his extended family Uh like his sister's husbands Uh some of them came from the church as well okay so it was just everyone i it so they weren't separate communities because the church was like cousins everywhere gotcha it was it was it was one community just different locations yeah yeah, i got you cousins everywhere okay all right yeah um Cousins, <laughs> and, I and not in that exactly fake black mean. cousin way, like play cousins. Like no, I had cousins. I, right, we share DNA. Like sometimes I wouldn't know, and my grandma would be like, "Oh no, that's your cousin." <laughs> like, oh, like, okay, fine, whatever, doesn't matter. Ah, like, okay, yeah. okay, all right. So how would you how would you describe that? Your the 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 politic or the ide- ideology of your community growing up? Um, and it's okay if it was kind of apolitical and just more religious. You know what I mean? It was definitely more religious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would go so far as to say apolitical mm-hmm. because my grandfather was kind of part of a political class that I didn't understand because he died when I was nine. Oh, okay. Excuse me. So there wasn't, we weren't having long talks about why he was meeting with the governor of California ah. <laughs> getting like the key to the city. Whoa. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got the key to the city of Richmond. Whoa. Uh, but I did see real communal work, like him actually going out into communities and doing things with people, actually getting young men um, off the streets, mm. if you will, mm-hmm. with the church. Mm. So I can't say I saw him sign any dirty deals or, or help push forward sure. any sort of gentrification bills. Sure. Because none of that was happening in the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I literally just saw him 
do like real time work with people. And, and that's not the same kind of work I would do because I'm not religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but did you, so, so you didn't understand that as a child. What would have you come to understand about the, in your words, the political mm -hmm. class that, sh that your grandfather like occupied when he was alive? When you are that big of a presence in an area, mm -hmm. you definitely start to control certain voting blocks. Ah. And I understand that now mm -hmm. a lot better than I did as a young person. Mm. You know, again, I, I didn't understand. It was like, oh, where's, where's, I called, I called my grandfather by his first name. I was like, where's Clarence at? And they're like, oh. <laughs> of course his name was Clarence. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, you know, he's with the governor and he had, he had got this really cool plaque and I just thought he was, he was like the, the world to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was your grandpa. Yeah. So, um, and he was a very respected individual that also helped a lot of um, men and women um, become pastors within the church and lead their own churches. Oh. And um, not a bad word was said about him. His funeral lasted like two weeks. Whoa, because everybody, everybody, generations of people it. had to come out. Yeah. I see, I see. Even to this day, when people find out who I am that are in that world, they're like, oh, you're, you're the grandson of huh. Elder Davis. Yeah. Mm. Did you so so you, I, I get the sense that you living mostly full time with your grandparents growing up, you you guys weren't necessarily like sitting down at the table having like a discussion of the news of the day for dinner or, or and perhaps no okay. no I was really spoiled I mm -hmm. was the only one mm -hmm. and you were uh, the only grandchild that lived yep. with them ah okay. I was the only grandchild oh yep from your from both kids oh wow okay yep. okay interesting. Oh yeah. Hmm. So you, so you just it was just spoiled. all about you. Spoiled. Yeah. Rotten. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Uh -huh. One uh -huh. of those kids is like, no, I don't want to eat what you made. I want to eat something different. And grandma would. Yes. Whip. As an adult. Yeah. Uh, or even a young, like an older teenager, when mm -hmm. we would go out at night, we would call my grandma up because she stayed up late, mm -hmm. and if it was like midnight or like one, mm -hmm. we knew she was up. We'd come over, me and my friends, mm -hmm. and she'd make us all like sausage no, and egg sandwiches. No, that's see, and that's why you got <laughs> eight hundred baby mamas now. Ain't nobody trying to deal with your ass. Hell no. Mm -mm. Oh yeah. God deliver me from a spoiled man. Okay. <laughs> we would we would go over there and just hang out with her. Nah. She was so much fun at midnight. Okay. All yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So I was very when she passed away. Like thinking about it right now, I'm probably gonna tear up. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was really hurtful because she was. Uh, that was your girl. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 okay. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Did you? So ha. Where do I want to? What do I want to ask you? Did Did you? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I assume, mm -hmm. though I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I assume you didn't. You didn't necessarily uh, evaluate or process uh, like class as such, like when you were like engaging with your community, but kind of two different things. Like, did you? Did you have an idea of maybe a, uh, you said your mother was kind of like, you know, Hell's Angels. She was the badass. But she was, she wasn't, she wasn't a, she just had to deal with some of those people. Uh -huh. Um, Put it this way. I understood. Did you, did, did you understand a class, did you understand that to have a class element growing up or did you, or, or that was just, it was just totally separate. It was just like, well, this is just kind of mom's deal. No, there was definitely night and day because in dealing with, my grandparents and even my grandmother mm -hmm. after my grandfather died, it was definitely night and day different than having to deal with just my mother. Ah, okay. Because she didn't have the means I and see. we lived in a different, <laughs> a totally different city. Ah. 
um, in a different part of town mm. and then dealing with my dad, you know, definitely I'm dealing with a whole different type of, of, mm. of element. So I understood, and, and also keep in mind, this is like the beginnings of the tough on crime era. Mm-hmm. So I remember very vividly the calls in the community for tougher crime laws mm-hmm. because drug dealers weren't, you know, um, wayward youth that should have zigged when they should have zagged. It was like, these are the scourge. These people are the scourge of the community. Yeah, they super all predators. know better. Yeah. Because let's be, I, I grew up with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We went to the same church. We went to the same schools. Yep. We played in the same baseball leagues. Yeah. We all played kickball mm-hmm. and street football together. And some people didn't want to fucking <laughs> not do horrible shit but we all did horrible shit mm-hmm. we lived in a horrible shit area yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember the first drug bust I saw I think I was like 11 no I was 10 mm-hmm. and it was like Miami Vice it was my, my best friend's sister's boyfriend mm-hmm. had pulled up in front of my house he lived across the street and was at pulled, your dad's house at my mom's house oh, pulled okay. in front of my house uh-huh. and um, an unmarked pulled behind him uh-huh. and we were, we were shooting dice on the corner we were about like 9 or 10 uh-huh. and um and and the unmarks came out. They showed him the badge, and he was like, "I don't have anything." And they snatched him out of the car. They put cuffs on him, threw him down, and they opened the trunk. And they were just pulling out bricks. Wow! And I remember we were just watching like that was it was like Miami Vice in real life. Whoa! Okay. So I'd been I've been seeing shit like that yeah. since forever. Right? Your stepmom was popping popcorn. We were pop popcorn and watch the crack house raids. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of afraid of the consequences because I also had family that was in prison Ah. and they would, when they got out, um, they definitely made sure I didn't go in. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm, but you, you didn't, but there wasn't, I understood I had enough hugs in my life Uh to keep me out of trouble Uh and enough safe places like your dad's, your dad's house, your your grandparents' house, aunts, every, there was, there was enough family around me like I said enough hugs around me where I didn't live the life like some of my friends lived a life where they didn't have those hugs Uh they didn't have those safe spaces Mm -hmm. um as I got to be a young teenager that really became more apparent especially Uh when I changed schools what do you mean I went to a different school in a different district Mm -hmm. and uh wealthier less wealthy what oh well more more wealthy I went to school in uh, Albany California Uh uh-huh and my my dad worked for the district there, and he could no longer really afford to put me in in, in private school to keep me out of going to the public school yeah. where they in was, Oakland, no, in Richmond, in where Richmond. Was Richmond High, where there was like shooting cats. Oh wow, wow, wow! Um, Richmond High and Kennedy High have no windows. Oh, yeah, like it's all at all. Oh, it was wow. a part of the design and. Back in the '90s, they were really they were crazy violent, yeah. and you know I didn't necessarily want to deal with that shit. And my dad was like, "Look, I work in this one district. Mm-hmm. I can probably get you in mm-hmm. if you really want to go there, but you know your friends aren't going to be there." Mm. And I was like, "Whatever." Yeah. And and you wanted to go, not him. He want not him wanting you to go. You wanted to go. I didn't mind it. What I didn't does that mind mean? it. Well, I mean, I had friends in Richmond High. Mm-hmm. I would have definitely been with my friends. Right, but who instigated the transfer? Like you, he he proposed it. 
Okay, he he he, he planted the seed in yeah, your brain. And I was you're like, thinking sure. like, okay, this might not be a yeah, bad let's idea. Fu- let's go. Let's go try some new shit. As you can see, if we're here in Mexico, I don't mind doing new shit. Oh, okay. And different shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a whole different um, outlook because there's no security guards, there's no metal detectors, mm. there's no. The environment was just totally. different. It's totally different. Kids are free to make mistakes, mm. and that's what really kind of opened my eye to to a class difference. Like, what happens when the, the kids I went to school with in Albany did all the same things that the kids in Richmond did? Mm-hmm. Is am I understanding you to say you're when 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 class race all that yeah re, became more of a like a a salient um, identifier? Mm-hmm. It was as a result of just seeing seeing the the extreme difference in mm-hmm. like how children were permitted to behave, act, um, be like, it, I presume what you're saying yeah. is in, in Richmond, when you were, when you were starting school there, like every, it was very putative. Like yes. there was, it was very unforgiving, very, yes. uh, hard charging. Whereas when you went to Albany, it was just like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, let kids be kids. And like, you know, what's, what's a mistake? What's that? A, it was just, it was a much freer kind of liberal environment. D- definitely liberal environment. Um, because I went to school with hippies kids. Uh. Um, but more so than the liberal environment, like, you're allowed to make certain mistakes. Like you can what? Like drugs? It. Drugs. Oh, oh, definitely drugs. Mm-hmm. Definitely fighting um, without being so punitive. Uh. And you're looked at differently by staff and, and teachers. Um, if you go to school in, in Richmond... Mm-hmm as I did for years, mm-hmm. and you are troubled for whatever reason. Maybe there's drugs at home. Maybe there's no food at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have lights on at home. Right. You know, these are all things I experienced with my classmates as well. Sure. Um, n- maybe not as harsh, mm-hmm. but I still experienced them from time to time. Sure. Um, you might not be in the best mood at 8 in the morning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and... When you're dealing with a school full of this kid, you start to go, well, he's just one of those crack babies. Mm. And let's keep in mind, this is the era when there's supposed to be these long-lasting effects yeah. of, of crack cocaine use yeah. where, you know, they're just not going to get right. Right. <laughs> um, which wasn't true. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is, and it's not going to be true if you if you treat a child as a discarded piece of trash. And that's how yeah. a lot of us were treated. Mm-hmm. And going to a smaller school with smaller class sizes, where kids' parents were teachers and they worked at the office right. and all this other stuff. It was crazy to me. Uh, did you feel, you said, um, y- uh, the way you put it uh, just a second ago is that uh, when you moved to Albany, like the, the children uh, were permitted more freedom or they were yeah. free. Like, did you feel free when you moved there or was, or were you still thinking like, ah, this still doesn't apply to me because I'm from over here and yeah, and I, I can't kick it with y'all like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I knew there was differences between us. And no, no, I'm diff- saying, did you feel free? Free when you when you changed environments? Did did the freedom of the environment in Albany? Uh, did you feel comfortable or safe enough to oh, yeah. uh, absorb that? 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it, and I brought I brought those guys around all my Richmond friends. Ah, okay. Like that was like the first thing I did. I was like, "You guys got to come where I live and hang out." With. Mm. <laughs> they were like, "Uh, this shit is <laughs> shit's hell real, Jay, but we kind of dig it." Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I really, it's sad. The sad part is I wish some of these guys were here to, to, to talk about uh, these days that I actually do look back on mm-hmm. with some fun. My daughter, who is 23, always makes fun of me. She goes, you would, why did you have fun in high school? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because I got to take those kids to the hood. We fucking hung out at Hilltop Mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Huh. did dumb shit. Yeah, sure. As, as kids do. Yeah, huh, huh, huh. lots of dumb shit. Interesting. Did your dad, did your, did the, uh, did the quality of the substance of your life change substantively when you, when you started going to school in Albany? Hell yeah. Uh, okay, describe it. I was around black kids that, um, education was first. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool. Mm. And that fucked with me. Well, say what you mean, but say it a different way and, and contrast it to what you're Sure, sure. Like, th- Chris Rock has that joke about, like, uh, N-words and, and black people, which mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of, but I... It's illustrative for yeah. the point you want to make. Um, <laughs> but there is something to be said about being in an environment where I wouldn't say, like, people beat you up over good grades. That definitely didn't happen. But... If you didn't go to class, you didn't go to class. It was like, uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then go to a different school where it's like, well, of course I have to go to class because I got to go to college. Yeah. Because my parents expect me to. Sure. Expectations were different. I was like, oh, so you're not going to be like the first one? Like all these black movies I see? They're like, <laughs> no, I'm going to be like the 15th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> from a long line of, right. of people, even uh, in these fraternities and sororities. So it was like, it was a whole different experience huh. of, of middle class uh, niggardry. The- <laughs> All right, he's on, he's doing that because <laughs> I, he's following my terrible example that occurred before we were recording. That's Sorry. fine, but uh, no, it, it it really was a different world because I didn't see that. So they were, th- those expectations were not as pervasive no. in Richmond. No, they were just pockets of it, little bits. But oh, okay. when those pockets weren't where I was at, I see. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Ah, I did that. What did that? Uh, you said it was. It, it was like. Uh, it was like cool, but like, uh, go into that more. It was cool. It was like going, what? like getting, getting acceptance letters. Like uh-huh. cats would be like, how many acceptance letters you got? You know, uh-huh. what's your GPA? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. just just a whole different vibe. And again, the school was smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a different environment when you don't have when it's well resourced well resourced and you just don't have the specter of law enforcement over your head uh, all the time uh-huh. it doesn't you know? feel like you were at a, when you were in albany your school didn't feel like jail like a prison no gotcha not at all gotcha interesting okay like, like, again, like, imagine you just go to school with kids. That are, they're going to fuck up. Yeah. If you look at the 1995 panoramic picture, I wish I had a yearbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, I want to say it was our class president, is holding a three-foot bong. Oh. And we had to wait for him to bring it to take the panoramic photo. Okay. What? Really? Yeah. Okay. And that was just. That was the thing. 
Okay. It, I mean, the school has it's not perfect. It definitely had no, its no, problems. No, There's sure people I still don't necessarily talk to from school, but um, being able to be free to do dumb kid shit, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and know you're not going to get in trouble for yeah. it, and like you said, have resources and yeah. um, I mean, even to the point I was telling, I was telling. Tell my lady friend this story. Um, hey, and he got 15 of them. I um, don't. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Damn, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I, another young man and I were going to get into a fight at school. Uh-huh. And I went to school with my younger cousin. And uh-huh. my younger cousin told my father. My father told the vice principal who called this other gentleman's father. Mm. Me and this dude get called into the principal's office mm-hmm. and we're like mad and we think we're hard yeah, yeah, yeah. and our fathers are sitting there <laughs> yeah. and our fathers are sitting there in the principal's office the vice principal's office and our fathers go the vice principal and and we're, we we talk to the vice principal and we think you guys are punks mm. so if y'all are really about it that he's given us permission to take you guys to the y oh. and if y'all really want to fight we can go to Y and y'all can fight. Oh. Or mm-hmm. you two can shake hands and just chill out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, dad's there. All your anger kind of gets out of you because dad, both of our dads are there. They're working in unison to diffuse the situation. Yeah. And, me and, and tell you about are, yourself. You know, friends to this day. Oh, okay. Huh. Of course, good friends to this day. Sure. Okay. But yeah. Huh. I'm not going to get that. Unless it's some sort of special program. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. So like, we want to, we want them to meditate instead of going to detention. Which you know, of course, I love shit like that. But sure. being able to have that happen mm-hmm. at the drop of a dime, yeah, yeah, makes is, a difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. The, ah, did uh, were you able to? Are are you able to look back and see like the difference in path between like? You, oh, that yeah. you were afforded. Oh God! Yeah. For, okay. Uh-huh. Oh God! It's that yeah. stark that you can oh, like. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've run into some people. It's like waterworks. Ah, uh huh. Yeah. Because it's so different. Yeah. And based on just like this, I was, I was, I was offered like this path in mm-hmm. in this environment, mm-hmm. and you weren't. And that's one of that's probably the biggest of several like different mm-hmm. differentiators and yeah. how we kind of. Turned out. Hmm. Yeah. I see. How would uh how would your family and community have described you growing up? Not much different than they do now. Just just a piece of work. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So everyone would to the extent that, you know, people who listen to you and whatever know you, quote unquote. Yeah. Like they we would if someone were if everyone were like close their eyes and like listen to a description, like the visual picture they would get is basically just a, a younger you. Act exactly the same psychographically silly just a shit. nut yeah okay all right uh, <laughs> heart in the right place uh-huh. but a fool yeah okay great super uh what type of student were you growing up not very good what do you mean when you say that i'm horrible use your words jason what does that mean mediocre i just didn't care you didn't care and you didn't try or there were things that were difficult that you couldn't grok and that's why i was just like okay fuck it i'm not gonna say like if i tried harder i would have done better because i don't know if that was true okay and and i think there's something oh so arrogant about people like i could have got a's and i aced my test like (laughs) no i didn't i'd failed and i didn't i didn't care and um 
there were definitely things I did care about. Mm-hmm. Which were? Um, be- again, because I went to this school that was so different, we didn't have like a black student union. We had the Pan-African Coalition. Right. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> so I read a bunch of black nationalist literature. Like, uh, give us stolen some legacy. Mm. And fucking, what else were we reading back then? Wretched of the Earth. No, I wish we would have read Fanon. We were reading a lot of the more. I'm trying to think of what I was really into back then. No, not Fanon. Sadly, definitely reading Du Bois. Mm-hmm. Um, Older Du Bois, so it's a little problematic, right? Mm. Um, and and that was like our shit back then. Mm. We were we were really all about that uh, that nationalist life because that was kind of <sighs> what was popular at the time. You know, I don't even want to lie and and act like you know we were just quote unquote overly woke. It was just in the music. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of the the pop culture with even things like Different World. Like, mm-hmm. I have friends with the Black College because of Different World. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but did you, were you, so you were interested in black nationalist literature and readings, uh, but like... But it was also difficult because I'm, I'm from the Bay, so <laughs> I got all these other friends sure, from, sure. From, from different uh, ethnicities uh. that are complicating this narrative. What do you mean when you say I know what you mean, but say it. Well, you know, just almost the the precursor to the Afro pessimistic narrative mm-hmm. of you know we we are the wretched of the earth, and it's almost ontological your place in life because mm-hmm. um, I'm also around um, Asian people that mm-hmm. don't fit the model minority myth. Ah, they're not good at math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mad violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, okay, well, this just, that whole narrative got complicated. Oh, so you mean there's class differences within everyone? It's not, okay, so. Uh. And that, and that stuff was definitely missing. Mm. Um, My stepmom was a bit of a radical in her day. She went to college in the 70s at Cal, so Mm. she had like revolutionary suicide laying around the house in the Communist Manifesto. So I definitely poked my nose through those texts, which I did not understand Uh. um, at 14, 15 years old. but now I have a little bit better understanding. Well, one of hopes, sure. Um, so history was history and like historical, kind of where history and like black black nationalist literature meet. Like, was that what most kind of caught your attention? Kept it? Yeah. Got you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It, it was just. It was just. It was. There was a lot of it in that era. Like, mm-hmm. keep in mind, this is like the early '90s, so. Uh, the Malcolm X movie came out, so there was just you could go to a bookstore and there was just tons I see. of of Negro literature, mm-hmm. right? Negro literature. Just so much Negro literature, <laughs> and also at that school I went to, mm-hmm. um, it also had a lot of the doctorate students that had mm-hmm. children. Ah, so that's why people always laugh about. Oh, on your show you have all these academics, academics that went to, you went to school with. I was like, well, yeah, because their parents were academics were academics yeah gotcha 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 okay so you were like a you were a average-ish student hella average not super interested in not all of all. your studies but maybe Nothing. history and history was mildly interesting mm-hmm. economics was mildly interesting but uh-huh. i gave not one single solitary damn yeah. about <laughs> anything uh-huh okay what what did excite you outside of black 
nationalist music. literature would okay what, what was that had that been a sh- uh, a string like all my yeah throughout okay yeah. what was your shit or what is your uh, shit definitely I grew up listening to heavy music mm-hmm. um, and what also, is what the fuck is heavy music oh I mean you're wearing a metal band hoodie right oh, now okay um, you were a metal guy still am oh okay there all is right. a Sick ass guitar in that room. I guess mm-hmm. you didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been recording music for for hell long. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I tried to do heavy music. It, it's not really acceptable in the hood, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then the rap got better in the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. and I kind of got into that. And mm-hmm. so, so you I, were like an '80s metal guy. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, who are your favorite bands? Uh, of course, Metallica, Exodus, Testament, Megadeth is like my favorite band of all time. Uh huh. Who who put you on? Because I I presume my mom dated musicians. Ah, black musicians. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, and sometimes they would have uh, hard rock cassettes mm-hmm. ah. lying around, mm-hmm. and I heard um, Van Halen and Led Zeppelin three, mm-hmm. and Van Halen already had a bit of a crossover appeal when mm-hmm. I was like six mm-hmm. because he played the solo on, or seven, he played the solo on Beat It. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to be like, hey, that's that Eddie Van Halen guy that does that jump song. <laughs> and my dad's not a rock guy at all, but yeah. he like told me that. And I was like, oh, this, that's cool because yeah. this is like the coolest part of the song. Uh-huh. So I need to hear this Van Halen guy. So when I got a little older and I found this cassette, uh-huh. like a little, I'm like nine. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I want more of this mm-hmm. because this is making making me feel better about being angry. Ah, that's what it was. Metal oh God, yeah. me- was like an expression of your anger. Oh. What were you angry about? Everything. My home life. Even with your lovely grandparents? Yeah, because I had to go back to my mom's. Oh, right? okay. So when, when I had to go back to my mom's, it was always like, oh, this sucks. Uh, because it was too just much hell chaos. Mean. Yeah, hell chaos. Uh-huh. I just didn't want to fucking deal with it. I and see. this was like... Everything, everything these people were were screaming, ah, I and see. the tempos they were screaming at ah. were were a little different than. Also, grew up with a ton of funk music because mm-hmm. I, again, black ass dude, black ass parents. <laughs> so, I played all my mom's records, all those Ohio players' records, all the Brothers Johnson records, uh-huh. all the Shaka Khan records. Yeah, but those metal cassettes were like the shit, and I would save my lunch money. Ah, uh. and uh, and and buy tapes off other people or i see okay so metal because that was the expression of what you were feeling internally mm-hmm. still uh-huh okay punk yeah Ha. Huh. okay mm-hmm. did you was there any every you're the first <laughs> you're the first uh black man i've spoken to who uh, for this that uh-huh. listens to punk did, did was there a were you able to uh start to hear because from what all the other white boys say, uh-huh. like uh, that was a, for many of them a uh, a foothold into a a, a beginning radicalism politici- politicization. Like, did punk do that for you, or is, oh, it was still no. just no? Okay. No, fuck no. Um, it's just the raw energy and expression of it. I had I had a my mom has a cousin. I called my uncle my uncle Kenny. Mm-hmm. He's he's much older. He's yeah. in his I think he's in his early 70s Yes, now. I'm I am black too, Jason. I know how that so works. So you know, you know uh-huh. how that works. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so and he stayed with my grandmother. Uh-huh. And he was the coolest dude in the world. He had dreads in like 86 mm. and he would have these sick ass shirts of bands I'd had no idea who they were. Sure. 
and I watched this documentary, this PBS documentary when I was about nine on the early punk scene in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I went to him the next day. I was like, I'm a, I've, I'm a punk rocker. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you know about punk? Huh. And I was like, I watched the documentary and I'm a punk rocker. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to make you a tape. Uh-huh. And it's going to be a, a punk tape. Uh-huh. And he hands me this tape and it's got like the clash on it mm-hmm. and the dead Kennedys and sex pistols. No, like more local stuff. Flipper. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, any of these things. Mm-hmm. Psycho Funkapus. Just a bunch of band, people that I end up meeting later in life living and working in the studio. Mm-hmm. But that was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is cool. I was, it wasn't a political awareness for me because yeah. I have no idea who Pol Pot is, right? Ah, uh, sure, sure. So when Jello Biafra is talking about, you know, genocide in in southeast asia it's mm-hmm. not really resonating with me at nine years old it's mm-hmm. just the song was cool the riff is cool oh. um and i got mm-hmm. a little more politically aware about what they were talking about as i got older mm-hmm. and could understand the 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 context of the words but music did not politicize me okay all right so when you were ah let's say high school age mm-hmm. like did you have how did you understand the world? Like there was a lot going on. Like you have, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, your, your loving grandfather that you adored and your grandmother, like, you know, that was, that was mainly home base, but then, and you he know, dies at nine. So you got to keep that in mind. He dies when I'm nine. Yes. So that, so it's just grandma. Your grandma, right. Yeah. Your loving grandmother that you harass at midnight to fucking make yeah. you a Sunday meal. We didn't ask, we would like make it. She would ask if we were hungry. And you knew where that was going to go. You took advantage of grandma. Anyway, that's fine. She, but she, she offered that up because you were her baby. So that's just how that goes. But you're, you, you, have, you have a, what I presume to be, like a stable, like loving home environment with your grandparents. At this point, in, if you've gotten, since you've gotten to high school, it's, it's just grandma because your, your grandfather had passed. Yeah, it, it, but, but at that point, my grandma was like, you have to stay with your mom. Oh, after he passed? Uh, no, like when I was... Like a teenager, because you you were too much for her to handle. Yeah, she was like, "You have to stay with your mom." Okay, like, so oh, so so high school, you're yeah, she's m- like, mainly living with your mother. Yeah, she's like, "You have to stay." Oh, like, I see. This, you can't stay here. I got you. I was like, "Please." She was like, "Nope." No. Did like, you do mom something sucks. that sucks? No. It was just like she was like, "You have to stay with you. like you have to take care of your mom." I okay, okay, okay. And she, when she said take care of, it's just like you. Somebody needs to look out for her. Somebody needs to. She didn't know the full extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think I really understood the full extent. Of everything going on with your yeah. mom? Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. My mom was like, it's kind of also a typical black ass parent. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm shutting your door. Sure. Like, that's going to keep you from not hearing the party that's going sure. on outside sure. the door. Sure. Um, so you were so you had to navigate the stress and the chaos of living with your mother oh, full yeah. time. That's why I hated school. And that's why you, you like I hated going middle. to class, but I loved going to school because yeah. it was like not being home. I got you. Okay. And what but what was the nature of your home life as in high school? That you what you feel like um, discussing? It was just you know trying not to get in trouble like most kids. Yeah. And then um, when I turned sixteen, my mom was like, "You have to live with your dad." Okay. And why? I, I wish I could say I was like a big time fuck up. No, I'm, that wasn't like, what I like, thought I, you were like going to say. Like I, like, I, like I wish I could say that. Yeah. It was maybe it was like a boys in the hood moment. She yeah, yeah, yeah. Some shit. Right. She's like, I'm going to be Vivica Fox. <laughs> um, get this nigga out of my house. <laughs> You're so I can dumb. have a revolving door niggas. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't know if she did that. Uh-huh. I wouldn't doubt it. But uh, 
I went to stay with my dad, and yeah. it was crazy because there was like more rules. Yeah, yeah, like more order. A lot more order. But was that did you did you was that reassuring? Like the level of order or stability, or was it annoying because you were a rebellious teenager? It was, it was a little annoying, but my dad was like, so my dad is like an ex thug. Uh huh. Okay, the way you said that was so unnecessary. So he's <laughs> not like I don't want to give the the impression that he's like Cliff Huxtable. No. Like, That's a hard nigga. He's very much so. Yeah, I know. I completely understand. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, okay. So that was annoying to you. And no, that was also well, stressful. It was, but it was also like, he wasn't fucking around. Right, no. He didn't have to put hands on me. He didn't have to raise his voice. No. It was like there was a known like. That's right. He just had to give you a look. And and because of that, there was a certain respect level that that I had. It was more and, fear than respect. No, like I really didn't want to let my dad down. Okay. Because he also okay. was like. All right. All right. He'd give you a pat on the back. Yeah. Okay. An attaboy. Not, not at home. Not, not with mom. Not at all. Uh, you would not never get all. the pat on no. the back? No. No. Because she was in her own world. Her own just world. doing. Grandma's the back patter. Yeah. Um, and dad would be like, yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now I'm, okay, you're starting to make more and, sense. And uh, so being there was like, I don't want to. Fuck up and let this dude down. I also and don't want to get in trouble. I don't also don't want to draw his wrath. But yeah, but but, he, but, but he, also the disappointment thing. That's yeah. And he and he gave me a certain level of of freedom that yeah. I didn't have with like my mom would be like, one day she's like you can't go anywhere, and the uh. next day you know I get to go to L.A. to go fucking. Uh. Things were like very something off with a guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things were very like arbitrary with Ar- super arbitrary. My dad was like, "No, these are the rules, yeah. and if you follow them, then then we ain't we ain't got no problem." Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. So w- with the okay, so that's uh, that is a amongst the chaos of people coming constantly in and out of his house. Sure. Even like people. Oh, this Uncle Roy's got a detox for a while. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah, be yeah. Stay away. Yeah. So it, you know it. it Chaotic isn't the right word I'm looking for here. I think it's like it's a uh, it's dynamic and like involved. Like it's, it's just a very there's just a lot going on. All it the time. D- it definitely taught me a lot about people. Like it's hard for me to put people into like categories hmm. and and think I know the answer. Ah, so I work. With the unhoused. No, 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 no. Oh. It's hard for you to like put people in a category because. Because and I think w- you know the answer because. Be- because I was I was with so many different people going through so many different things uh. from my cousins yeah. going through their parents being in and out of facilities mm-hmm. um, to dealing with the parents going in and out of different stages of, of, of addiction. Yeah. Um, it de- and, and being there and kind of watching it happen in uh, real time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really sympathetic. Yeah, you know, even even with my mom and her dealing with her shit, like I'm I'm super sympathetic to people and what leads them down certain destructive paths sure and i do get mad when i hear people have these like simple overly simplistic cure-alls for for these these major problems where ah. it's like you know it's more than that you need yeah. way more services yeah than 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 what you think you need sure um 
to try to grapple mm-hmm. with the complexity of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how life affects them. You know, yeah. Hmm. You know, battered women aren't monolithic. Right. Right. As an example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, violent men aren't monolithic. Right. And people with uh, like substance abuse issues oh, are not monolithic. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. And. You know, again, seeing it in real time definitely um, brought that to light. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and engendered some some empathy and and sympathy, and maybe like uh, like a like a like a caring curiosity, like hmm, like how did how did how did this happen? And I'm sure yeah. it's not because you were you know just a bad person or or made a bad mistake. Like, I'm sure it's probably a number of things. Oh, everything's always way more, yeah. more complex. And, um, hmm. and these addictions didn't make these people necessarily bad people. Like, right. you know, my, my, my uncle Kenny, as I called him, my cousin, mm-hmm. alcoholic, horrible yeah. alcoholic. Sure. He's literally the reason why I don't drink mm. and have never, never. Mm-mm. Wow. You don't touch the stuff. Uh-uh. Wow. 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 Okay. Huh? Yeah, I know, right? As dumb as I am, this no, is all sober. No, I wasn't this is gonna all say that. sober. These are all sober <laughs> decisions. All those kids, all sober decisions. <laughs> you're so ridiculous. Okay, interesting. What was, so amidst all of this, you're you're you you have you have a dynamic upbringing with where you have where you you probably saw more than a child should have seen, um, but you also uh, uh, would you also under probably had a better understanding of of life and how different that can be for people you know than maybe many children your age but at the toward the end of high school like what was the like what was your family what was your community's like dream for you like what were you supposed to do were you supposed to go into the ministry like granddad no my grandmother was very she did not like the politics of church really yep hated really it. yep hated it huh okay why do you know why the politics but I'm saying, what about the policy? Because granted, he, like he, everybody wanted a piece, and he yeah. never got no rest or yeah. what? Uh, yeah, okay. all of it, oh, all okay. of it. The dirty, the dirty dealings. Uh-huh. Um, the women, unscrupulous women. Yes. according to her. Yeah. Uh, what you mean, it, according to her? That's that's Bible. That was. <laughs> I, I was too young to really. She had to see roll up on a couple of heifers to, and just, to see any of that. I was I was too young sure, to, even, to get not. it. Yeah, but yeah, she yeah. definitely. Uh, did her part to keep me away. Yeah, of course. Okay, so so the ministry was out, but then, then like, out. what did they? Did, was there a dream for you, or or I just not? wanted to be a teacher, actually. Oh, okay. You wanted to be an educator. Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay, all right. And the, in your your family, your community was aware of that, and they were supportive of that. Yeah, like sure, whatever. You don't want to be because that this is also at the same time where everybody's like. Uh, a black man has less of a chance to live behind <laughs> the age of twenty-one. <laughs> He's gonna be dead or in prison. I don't know that I needed that voice. So it was like, but you just get a job at UPS, motherfucker. Yeah. Would have been hella happy. Like, what's he doing? He's working at UPS. Okay, so they would have been happy with anything. They yeah. they were really just they really just wanted you to just be do safe. something. Yeah. don't go to jail. Gotcha. So it was that was the bar. And you were like very low bar. Do something. Don't go to jail. And, but you're like, okay, I'm. Yeah, I'm I like actually totally want to be an educator. Jail. Yeah. I, I think I want to be a teacher. Uh huh. Um, Why did you want to be an, an an educator at that point? Do you I think? had a teacher in high school. I got a D in chemistry, mm-hmm. and I got a progress report. I remember my father looked at me and he goes, "Look, man, 
you can fuck up all you want in school. Mm-hmm. It don't make me none mm-hmm. because I got a house and a job. Like, right. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you got to worry about you because this fucking up mm. is your problem. Ah. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, really? He's like, yeah, I can't fucking do chemistry for you, nigga. It's not part of my job. And I got through high school. Thank yeah, you very like, much. This is your dumbass yeah. fault. So that made me have to deal with the teacher one on one, and she ended up liking me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Peggy Carlock. Mm-hmm. And so that was my junior year. Mm-hmm. I passed. So my senior year. She goes, Jason, I have this remedial math class. Mm. And I think she goes, do you have a free period? I was like, yeah, I have a free period. She Mm. goes, why don't you do me a favor Mm -hmm. and teach this class for me? Here's the lesson plans. I need you to teach this this class. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there are people that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the most fun I had had in school was like showing my friends how to do kind of basic algebra problems. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And to this day, <laughs> if I run into people, they're like, oh, dude, the most I learned was, was in that class. Uh, so, what about it did you enjoy? Helping people. Okay. Who doesn't enjoy helping people? Okay. Watching people's eyes get big when they go, <gasps> ah, okay. All right. That brought you alive. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's what did it. And the fact that this lady let me do it. And <sighs> she would, so after the class, she would, she would take me aside and like, just talk to me about the world Mm -hmm. and explain to me like she was look this is this is how this she wasn't right about everything but just the fact that somebody gives enough of a shit about you yeah yeah. to to want to talk to you about you know hey admissions is a crooked game Ah, these major universities right people that can pay for their way in Uh, this is in the 90s sure um, when everybody knew, that, but but we don't have the, we, there was not the like quantifiable evidence of like how it works. Oh man, she would she would go off on uh, a lot of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was real big on you know everybody needs basic education at a very young age yeah. because some of these, uh, in her opinion, affirmative action bills weren't really working for people because if you don't have the basic skills. In the first place, mm-hmm. if you get to the next level, right? What does gonna, it mean? You're going to burn out. Yeah, you, you're, it's going to be over your head. Mm-hmm. So she's like, it's very important that people have skills early on. Everyone should have these skills ah, early on. I see. So you know, that was pretty cool to have somebody doing it. But mm-hmm. you know, sadly, the school cut that class. Ah. Oh, we'll just give you dumb kids some. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> study hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so. I couldn't keep doing it, sadly, but um, but you did enjoy it the time I that enjoyed you had. it. I was like, I want to be a teacher, and she was like, You should be a teacher. Oh, okay, all right. So when you what, where'd you did you go to college? Did you I went, go to school? I'm a junior college dropout. I went to college of Alameda, and uh-huh. I was staying with my dad. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, um, he had he had had a broken up with his second wife at the time, mm-hmm. and you know he was very sad mm-hmm. and sad or depressed. Looking back now. Both. Okay. All right. And so um, there's always construction going no, on. No, no, no. You're fine. Lovely <laughs> Baja. Um, <laughs> and he left. I got fired from a job at the mall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I came home early. And as I was walking in the door, he was walking out. He left? What do you mean he left? He left. He left. He left me. What do you mean he left you? Where'd he go? He went back with his, with his uh, second wife. I thought she left him. Yeah, he went. Well, no, he. Well, yeah, they broke up, and then 
and then he wanted to come back home and he just was like I want to come back home and they made up and then as I was walking oh. in he was walking out and he just like I'll I'll come back later uh-huh so wait, so I just want to make sure I'm understanding because it's confusing. He he, you you started junior college, yeah, and you were living with your dad because yeah. he, he had, had he yep. had broken up with yep. his second he wife. Had an apartment, yeah. So they were so you guys were living together. You were yep. going to school. Yep. You got fired from a job at the mall yep. doing what? I was working at Walden Books. Of course, you got fired from. Why did you get fired? I was kind of a douche. What does that mean? I was yelling at somebody. Like a customer man, or assistant manager? Oh, okay. You were yelling. He was at a little. Boss. He was kind of bossy. Okay. I was like, dude, who the fuck are you? Right. Who? Right. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Okay. So you you popped off at the at your boss. Yeah. You got fired. You're walking into your apartment that you shared with your dad. He's yeah. walking out of it like I'm going back to my. Literally book. bumped into each other. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Is that what precipitated you dropping out of school or what? I just I had to work. Oh, you okay? You dropped out of school because you because now you can't split rent with your dad mm -hmm. or have him pay full freight. Yeah, you gotta like support yourself. Got you. Okay. So yeah. at this around, what were you, uh, what, what was your plan when you were in JC? It was just go here, transfer to a state school. Get your, get, get your teaching, degree, get, get degree, your credentials. And go teach. Okay. And then things changed after dad went back to oh, yeah. the boo and you're just like, fuck, now it's on me to survive. Now it's on me to survive. Okay. So then what did you start doing? Just I I worked I, I think I had two jobs at that time mm -hmm. um, as most of us did that worked at the mall mm. and um, worked at the mall tried to find odd jobs where I could um, because I was seventeen mm -hmm. I graduated kind of young mm -hmm. um, I could I was the only place where you could like hang out mm -hmm. and there was no parents mm -hmm. so uh, I threw a lot of parties. At your apartment. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was like bring your own food uh -huh. parties. Uh -huh. So I ate because, you know, people would just come. Ah, uh, because you house. were that broke. Yeah. And they were like, oh, dude, we'll just go to Jason's house and just bring hell of food. Uh, okay. there's, there's a barbecue grill. And uh -huh. It was kind of a nice apartment. Uh, okay. Why didn't you go back and live with your dad and his, and his wife when he moved out? That wasn't an option. My dad had a lease, and he was like, "Oh yeah, fin by the way, finish out the lease. Finish out the lease here." Yeah. Okay, okay. So you were you were broke, doing yeah, the hella broke early adult oh hustle. Oh my god, so much fun though. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's a lot of actually freedom. It's an it's a paradoxical kind of like there's actually quite a bit of freedom when you're broke because it's like so so much free because I I was so broke that it just I couldn't go like the apartment was kind of remote mm -hmm. um so i was kind of stuck but because it was near the mall mm -hmm. and i had friends that worked at the mall and then my friends from high school like i said we i told them go hang out at this mall yeah 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 so it was like oh dude we'll just go to jason's house okay All right. and we could throw a party at jason's house and we can bring people we can go somewhere bring people over and be like hey we know a guy mm. <laughs> That lives a lot. So that I was like the guy that lived. There were so many people in and out uh, of that place uh -huh. that I didn't even keep the door locked. Wow. Okay. So did, how did you out. understand the world around this time? Or, or it was just about pure survival and like fun when you could have it? <sighs> it was a very punk rock existence of <laughs> fun and uh, eat when you can. And sure. But, there, but nothing, nothing... Like what? What years are we talking around right now? Ninety five, ninety six. Okay. That, but the what's going on in the broader world? You weren't really engaging too closely. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't care to vote. 
Okay. No, I didn't. It doesn't have to be voting, but I'm saying you weren't like, you weren't curious about, I don't know, geopolitics or, or kind of, you know, no, because the the mood was a little different in this time Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, we talk about it on the show, and, and I think that's why I talk about it so much is because, you know, after the fall of the Soviet Union, like mm-hmm. the big bad geopolitically was gone. Yeah. And even with the first war in Iraq in 91, it was over relatively It's pretty quick, quickly. yeah. So who is the big bad? Mm-hmm. The big bad becomes the environment. Ah, okay. But were you, th- were you thinking deeply about that at the time? No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, if I was thinking about anything, maybe it was race mm-hmm. because that was the one, you know, thing that people m- maybe gave a mild fuck about. Uh-huh. It was like Rodney King ish, like in the aftermath Rodney of Rodney King was a thing, but I'm not from LA. I'm from the Bay. It didn't it, we have cops are way different than they are now. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying what, what, okay. What related to race were you maybe thinking about pondering, interrogating during this time? Nothing okay. really. Nothing because, deeply. No, okay. because everyone was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You were just you were just partying and working. Every it. everyone was at the house, mm-hmm. and you, you weren't really gonna run into a fucking Nazi at my house. Sure. No. And One we weren't we weren't that. going into any, we weren't part of any scenes where you would have even seen those people. There. Uh, okay. Did you did you have a did you have any thoughts about your your condition at that point? Like, did you have any thoughts or or feelings or Mm-mm. musings about like Mm-mm. having to leave school in order to like work full time to survive? And uh, it's just Mm-mm. all right. We're here. We're doing this. We're here. We're doing this. Okay. All right. So if I would have taken any time to think about that, mm-hmm. I probably would have drowned in my own tears. Sure. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> all right. So then, okay, what 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 came? Next? I actually ended up. I actually ended up uh, after that. I ended up uh, going back with my mom for a hot second, and mm-hmm. then I ended up uh, staying with my my father for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I met my first wife mm-hmm. soon after that. And ah, okay. we decided to have a child entirely too early. Ah, uh, why did you say that? Because we were way too young. Uh, like you didn't know what you were doing. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> That poor little girl. Oh dear! Oh, I'm sure she has stories to tell. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you went. What is? What's the like? What's the? What's the year? What's the delta between like JC and like your 95 first five, and then but the kids born in '98. Okay, so like it was a three. It was you were kind of you were just surviving. '95, '96, and then yeah, the kids born in '98. Yeah. Okay, so you were surviving for like you for know, a while, and I got to stay with my my dad, and, yeah. and you know then got a job and. Uh, slightly better job, making a little bit more than minimum wage, and you know that was going to be enough to uh, raise a family on. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> he's making a face. And then you got married, and and then like at the, the courthouse when she was nine months pregnant. Oh, okay. Of course. Why? How else would that have happened? Did you around? So when you when you got married and you and you, you were in the family way, like, did you have a vision for your life? Did you have an affirmative vision for your life, or it was still you were just still basically in survival mode, we just were with kind a of wife in survival now? Survival mode. Sure. And I just, you know what? And I can admit this now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know what my ex-wife would say. I think she just wanted to get out of her mom's house. Ah, that happens. Uh huh. And you were her way out. I was her way out. Okay. And I just wanted to have a family. Ah, uh, why did you want a family? So I early? just wanted, I thought families were cool. Okay. They All look right. cool on TV. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Um, in real life, they're not as cool. Sure. They're messy. Yeah. You know, we were very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember our daughter 
could only have this one for the poor my poor ex-wife couldn't really produce a lot of breast milk so mm-hmm. we were done breastfeeding at like three months mm-hmm. so my daughter could only drink this one formula that was like really expensive for us at the time. Uh-huh. and um i just remember like we had to figure out who was going to eat that day between the two of you <laughs> the three yeah the three yeah. wow it was wow, like wow. it was bad it was really bad wow 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 no not for long maybe it was like a year it was okay like bad. just just the first real year tight was like rough wow and you you were both working or yeah, trying to work yeah trying to work yeah. okay with with the baby with the kid my grandmother helped out a lot she's still sure. around at this time sure um so you know um I definitely wasn't ready for for fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know how she felt about being ready for motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like out of the frying pan into the fire, oh or whatever the fuck god. that saying is. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But I ended up getting a job um, working at a a real estate finance company. Mm-hmm as a loan processor Mm -hmm. and it was a very dirty real estate finance company. Sure. And, uh, it's like all those shitty movies you see Mm. where people are like, the kid is learning all the bad things. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I definitely moved up the ranks relatively quickly. Because you were hungry. You had to. And uh, made some decent money. Yeah. And we kind of started to make our way out of, of, uh, of Desperation. poverty. Desperation. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, I made a decent amount of money in my 20s. Okay. Good grief. Tune in for part two to hear how Jason went from ashy to classy and back again. (laughs) Oh, and a head-scratching argument between us about race and class and whether or not a black culture exists. Oh boy. Uh, Part two is up on the Patreon right now. Head on over to patreon.com slash what's left to do. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash what's left to do if patreon isn't your thing and you'd still like to support this work you can go to what's left to do.com slash support and send us a donation in the tip jar okay see you over on patreon